For the past year, real estate has been a one-way train. The market has moved completely in your seller's direction. Inventory is down, buyer demand is up, bidding wars have been normalized, interest rates hit record lows, home prices hit record highs. But as we start the second half of 2021, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Homelight's latest Top Agent Insights survey is out today, and yes, there are some signs that things might be different the rest of this year. On today's show, we'll talk with three agents about what's happening on the streets right now, what's happening in new construction, buyer and seller activity, and much more. And Homelight's managing editor is here to help make sense of the new data. Is that seller's market train starting to slow down just a bit? Let's find out. This is The Walkthrough. Hello there. How are you? My name's Matt McGee. I'm the editor of Homelight's Agent Resource Center. Welcome to The Walkthrough. This is a weekly podcast. We have new episodes that come out every Monday morning. This is the show where you'll learn what's working right now from the best real estate agents and industry experts in the country. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. If you want to get involved in the show, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can find me in our Facebook listener community. I just search Homelight Walkthrough. The group will come right up. You can leave a voicemail or send a text. The number is 415-322-3328. Or just send an email. The address to use is walkthrough at homelight.com. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. If you had Matt quotes Chinese philosophy on your walkthrough podcast bingo card. Congratulations, you win (laughs) this game. I am as surprised as you to hear Chinese philosophy right now. But it's true. It feels like we're a thousand miles away from normal, from having a balanced market with enough inventory to meet demand, from home prices that are affordable to even first time and lower income buyers. None of that is going to happen overnight. It's not going to be a sudden, dramatic change. When it happens, it'll be the result of a lot of small, single steps. My guest today, uh, scratch that, my guests, plural, say we are starting to see some small steps in the market right now. Homelight's Summer 2021 Top Agent Insights Survey is out today. The results of a national survey of more than 1,100 agents. I'll put that PDF in our Facebook listener community, by the way, so you can get a copy for yourself. Caroline Feeney is the brains and brawn behind that quarterly survey. She is Homelight's managing editor. Prior to joining Homelight in 2018, Caroline spent two plus years at Inman, so she's plenty familiar with industry trends. On today's show, Caroline and I are chatting about what we learned from you in today's survey results. And we have three top agents from across the country sharing stories from the real estate trenches. We have Lisa Taylor in Florida, Pat Tasker in Wisconsin, and Tyson Robinson in California. You will hear us talk about struggles in the new construction space, sellers wanting to strike while prices are high, the impact of COVID vaccines being available to everyone now, and much more. 
All of that is straight ahead. I'll also have a one more minute segment at the very end of today's show. But for now, let's get started. Here's my conversation with Homelight's Caroline Feeney. Caroline, we are past the halfway point of 2021. It's been an interesting year for real estate, to say the least. Where does the market stand right now? Wow, halfway through. That that flew by, didn't it? Right. <laughs> as far as real estate goes, Matt, it's certainly, it's the wild, wild west. And I can't take credit for that descriptor. It actually comes from one of the, the, the wonderful agents who participated in our most recent survey and left some great comments. Speaking to the data, though, across the nation, uh, 98% of real estate agents in our survey say that it's a seller's market. Um, we've been collecting these agent reports of market conditions consistently for three years now, asking people, is it a is it a buyer's market, is it a balanced market, or is it a seller's market in your area? And the historical data really puts this 98% number in perspective. If you look back to summer of 2019, just 63% of agents were reporting seller's market. Um, that in 2020, when the pandemic housing boom started to pick up, that number was 79%. Now we're at 98. So just looking at the broader data set, it really paints um, a very clear picture of the exceptional and rare nature of the current market we're experiencing. I saw a recent report from the National Association of Realtors describe it as the most most competitive housing market in 50 years. It's not like things are anywhere near normal, right? But Is there like a light at the end of the tunnel? Is that sort of the, you know, baby steps kind of thing? Is that what we're seeing right now, maybe? So I definitely don't want to downplay the fact that we're we're still firmly in seller's market territory. Um, That said, uh, other data in our survey did point to what I would call um, small signs of change brewing under the surface. Um, Again, nothing major, um, but a few things to note. The percentage of agents who said bidding wars are on the rise in their market dropped from 52% in Q1 to 37% in Q2. Those who said that they believe home prices will rise in the next six months um, dropped from 73% to 67%. And those who said inventory is lower than they expected declined from 91% to 85%. So it's not a tectonic shift, but there is a pattern here that we're seeing across all of these key indicators that we collected. And I think what it really confirms is what we've been hearing from the aging community now for I don't know, let's call it nine nine months, that the, the current run-up in home prices and bidding wars is never sustainable, and that it's natural we'd start to hit a bit of a wall. I and mean, I think the agents we spoke with the other day, you know, were saying that it could be nine months, it could be a year before things really slow down. They, they, they don't know for sure. But we are seeing these early indicators that ever so small, you know, that things might be just normal normalizing slightly. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and track that as the months go on. It's not, as you said, it's not a tectonic shift by any means, but it's better than going in the other direction, which is how it's been, you know, for the last several quarters. You mentioned that we we talked to uh, several agents. We had a conversation, Caroline and I did, uh, just a couple of days ago with with three agents talking about what they're seeing in their market. And they each talked about the small signs of change that Caroline just mentioned. So let's hear from them. We're going to hear first from Pat Tasker in Milwaukee. She's talking about how inventory is up, but homes are still selling right away. Uh, She will be followed by Lisa Taylor, who's in the Palm Beach, Florida area. 
and then Tyson Robinson, who works in the Temecula, California market, which is sort of in between Los Angeles and San Diego. So let's listen to what they had to say about these small signs of change. I've noticed that the usual spring larger amount of listings didn't happen when it normally did, but it started to a little bit later. But I also noticed, at least in my direct community that I um, focus on, that the number of homes sold in the first few days, it still is about the same. Very few don't sell in those first two or three days. So the inventory has gone up, but the amount of offers um, under contract is staying the same. They're selling right away. I'm seeing very similar. I'm seeing it slowly um, pick up. Our average days on markets where I am in um, Palm Beach is actually higher than the av- than the national average. But depending on the price range, we are still getting multiple offers. But I do see a slight slowdown with the craziness. I was just checking the numbers recently and, and the inventory slightly increased. I think the initial signs that I'm seeing is essentially based upon the listings we're selling are getting just a few less offers. And so what I've been telling people is we may be at the very early stages of a shift and it may be a a very slight shift, but uh, I say that just because of the fact we're seeing fewer offers And so it may take at least a few more months for that shift to continue, but it's going to be a slow shift from what I'm seeing. Okay, so there's Tyson Robinson uh, sort of echoing what what, uh, Pat and Lisa said as well, that yeah, there's some things that are changing, but it's probably going to be a slow shift. That's the phrase that Tyson used. Caroline, um, it's, I mean, it's still, as we're saying, it's, it's a very tough market right now for buyers in so many ways. When we spoke three months ago, I remember there was sort of this early sense of optimism that maybe new construction would help solve this inventory problem, maybe, you know, ease things for buyers. Is any of that starting to happen yet? Well, the industry has been calling for a boost in new construction to meet demand for years now. Um, A recent report from the National Association of Realtors points to, and I'm quoting, an underbuilding gap of 5.5 to 6.8 million housing units since 2001. Um, And the report calls the state of America's housing inventory dire arguing that policymakers really need to incentivize um, new development and address this head on. But beyond the normal challenges builders have faced over the years around permitting and zoning and labor shortages, this year we got a new challenge thrown our way in the form of lumber costs. Um, Anyone who's shopped for wood uh, to build their deck or maybe put together their swing set has probably noticed the dramatic increase in lumber prices. Data from the National Association of Home Builders shows that between April 2020 and 2021, prices of lumber rose 250% and have continued to increase in those months since. Um, And this has added over $30,000 to the cost of building a new home. Our survey data echoes that it has been a bit of a free-for-all for people buying new construction right now. In early June, when we polled respondents, um, 56% of agents said builders are having to increase prices on in-contract buyers due to these material costs um, changes. And 45% reported that 
builders are having to price homes later in the build cycle to account for these fluctuations. So it's just creating a lot of uncertainty. I do want to note though, that just this week, it was reported that lumber prices are dropping more than 40%. Um, now they're still higher than they were pre-pandemic, right? Right. Um, yeah. But this decline is, is good news for buyers and just for general affordability. So hopefully this means prices are going to stabilize a little bit um, and maybe reduce some of these effects that we we were seeing in our survey kind of peaking in early June. We asked uh, Lisa Tyson and Pat what they are seeing in their markets about new construction and uh, some really interesting comments there. Let's listen to what they said. Uh, We're going to hear about Lisa first, then Tyson, and then Pat. Uh, And Lisa, in fact, is describing when we spoke earlier this week, she had just come out of a meeting a day earlier with one of their local builders in the Palm Beach, Florida area, and she describes uh, for us what that meeting was like, how their builder is doing things right now. So let's listen to that. They, and I wrote down what they have, they have a seven to nine month build out once you go under contract, but um, they're only releasing a few homes a month. You have to make an offer on the home. So it's not that where it used to be like a specific price point, you have to make an offer on the home. It takes three days for them, for the builder to actually accept the offer and then seven to nine months to build out from there. And then depending, obviously, the price that they come in at at that point is the price that they're contracted for. But the design center, if they're putting, you know, whatever they're putting in for their their touches, that could go up depending on the cost of of supplies and everything. So it's definitely put all that on a hold, you know, slowed everything down. I mean, similar. I think they're, for the most part, they're only releasing a handful of properties because I think they're banking on the fact that homes, home prices are just shooting up so quickly that they'd be shooting themselves in the foot by essentially releasing too many homes at any given time. So they're slowly releasing. I wish we had even more new home inventory, but what we're seeing in my market is there's just, there's still not enough. We could definitely probably even see new home inventory double and we'd still be good. In my two immediate communities that I live in and, and my offices, and we're seeing a lot of building more than we have in the past. So that's been good. I haven't really seen anything. As, I mean, the prices, of course, some people decided to wait because the prices for lumber and all that went up so much. One of our builders, their average home of 500 is now 600. And that's over that about a eight month period. The builder's rep told me. Caroline, one of the things that I remember uh, when we were just chatting the other day with the three agents, all three of them mentioned that they are hearing stories in their markets, uh, like some tension between builders and real estate agents because there's such demand for new home construction. Some of the builders are like removing agents from the process entirely. Yeah, it sounds like with with the, the demand just being there, some builders aren't seeing the need for a middleman. But I do think that the agents were saying it's not all builders, right? It's just a, it's right. a, just some. But it is creating some tension there between the agent and builder community. The other thing that that we should just, I guess, repeat a little bit is that you know builders, as you were saying earlier, builders have struggles of their own right now with lumber prices and regulation and all that sort of stuff going on. So it's it is sort of a, a very tense uh, area right now in the new uh, the new construction space. Homelight gives top real estate agents a platform to showcase their skills and experience. And you can claim and set up your profile in less than 15 minutes. 
And unlike most referral platforms, we don't charge any upfront fees. We only ask for a 25% broker-to-broker fee once you close the deal. Our agent matching algorithm connects experienced agents with qualified referrals who are serious about buying or selling. Claim your profile today by visiting homelight.com slash agents. Let's switch gears, Caroline, uh, and switch over to the seller side of things. Are we finally seeing any changes from what sellers are doing in this market? Well, we've heard a lot about how sellers are are stuck right now and that if, if they sold their current home, there's no guarantee that they could necessarily secure a new residence, um, which has kept a lot of homeowners where they are rather than moving. But meanwhile, all this time, prices keep going up, right? So in our survey, we explored... Is there a point where a seller can be bought? No matter what level of hassle it would be to move right now, if they're having to move twice, are there some who would decide they cannot pass up this opportunity to cash out? Because I think if if you're a homeowner right now, you've done the math, right? Like even if it's just for fun in your head, you're thinking about like, how much equity have I gained? And like, what would that mean if I like, theoretically, right? Caroline, legit. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like every, you know, three four weeks, I ask Carrie, "What do you think our home would sell for right now?" (laughs) A boatload. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like it's if you're a homeowner, you're right. You you just you can't help but wonder. Yeah. Totally. So our survey results indicate that listings are starting to materialize in response to this line of thinking. Um, Specifically, 49% of agents say. They've already seen seller FOMO or fear of missing out um, result in some additional listings. And 48% say they expect this sense of seizing the day to um, unlock more listings this summer and into the fall. We also explored in the survey what type of seller is going to be most likely to act on prices, right? So 61% of agents say that the the type of seller most easily swayed by the price surge um, is going to be an almost retiree who is cashing out a few years earlier than planned as a way to boost their savings because they might not be staying in that home long enough to weather a correction and then go through another upswing, right? So they're seeing that opportunity. I also wanted to point out anecdotally, we heard from a real estate agent um, named Travis Cox. He's in Louisville, Kentucky. And he said he's seen clients under the age of 30 selling their first or second homes and deciding to rent until prices drop. And I wanted to just quote him real quick. Um, He said, it's an odd strategy. And yet these clients are putting more money in their pockets than they have made in the last 12 months. Who am I to say that's wrong? Yeah, that's a good point, right? It's, it's, well, I mean, it's a unique time. And I, you know, as, as I said, I know as a homeowner, I'm constantly wondering what our home is worth, what would happen if we tried to sell. And yeah, I it's I mean it sounds like sellers are trying to, you know, play the game of, you know, where where's the peak and let, can I take advantage of it? Let's hear what uh our agents had to say. We talked to uh Pat and Tyson. Uh both said that they are seeing FOMO, as you said, fear of missing out. So let's hear first from uh, Pat Tasker in the Milwaukee area and then Tyson Robinson in uh, Temecula, California. Um, Definitely. I've seen a lot of people who may have thought, well, I've actually had sellers who were thinking they weren't going to sell maybe till next year or within the next few years who have jumped in and sold their home. Um, They just moved up their their dates to take advantage of the market because they weren't quite sure when the market would change. 
the trend I'm kind of now seeing is a lot of people think, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this market. And they think that their home can get top dollar when they don't realize their home doesn't really match up to the ones getting top dollar. So they're throwing things on the market before they're really ready and expecting some foolish buyer to just pay a crazy price for it. I'm seeing it for sure. I think a lot of real estate agents in our area do just because we do, especially within the Temecula Valley market, we see a lot of sellers looking to buy in other states. Uh, We definitely are seeing, I would say almost 50% of my sellers are going to other states. And so they're at a point where they're seeing where prices are at. And they think we're either, you know, they think in many cases we're near the top or if anything, they just think that they could obviously net a good amount of money to facilitate their move to Texas or to Florida or Arizona or Idaho. So there's Tyson Robinson and Pat Tasker uh, talking about uh, seller FOMO. What about the COVID vaccine, Caroline? Last time we spoke, I remember it was just becoming widely available. Now, pretty much anyone can get it, I think, across the country. Has that impacted the market at all? You're right. I mean, the last time we spoke was, I think, in April. And that was a very different time as far as vaccine access goes and and where mask wearing was. Um, So I think naturally, the percentage of agents who say vaccines are impacting their market has increased to 33% compared to 22% who said the same the previous quarter. And the top vaccine impact seen by 45% of agents is that health concerns among sellers have dropped considerably. Um, One agent described the impact as just an increased sense of confidence that someone can go ahead and finally move forward with their plans to sell. And this type of thinking should, in theory, start to help inventory a little bit. And and we heard that from the, uh, the conversation, the group conversation with our agents earlier this week. So let's listen to what they had to say. First, we're going to uh, hear from Lisa Taylor and then Pat Tasker, uh, both agreeing uh, that just the wider availability of the vaccine is starting to make, as you just said, starting to make people more confident. So let's hear them. I think it is has definitely opened everything up much more. People are much more confident. We are we are um, seeing more homes um, hitting the market. Our inventory for the last for the month of May has gone up in my area. It, it's definitely had a huge impact as far as um, people feeling more comfortable and likes opening up. And I'm seeing much more open houses now as well, which were very. We were never shut down. Florida was never shut down, but um, we did have you know, people didn't want open houses. They didn't want people wandering through. It's definitely changed. I feel like in Wisconsin, we are over it all. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the the vaccine or because of the rules on the mask. Um, so we ended the mask rule and I had a, last year I did a special page in my uh, listing presentation about um, seller security during COVID and the steps we could take. Nobody even wants me to go over that page anymore. I just say, are you concerned about COVID? And really everyone in the last, I don't know, six weeks or so has said, no, skip it. So there's Pat Tasker. Carolyn, I thought that was really interesting what she just said about, you know, when she goes on listing presentations, people not even wanting to to hear about you know, the COVID safety and all, and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I feel like a lot of people are just over it at this point. Don't you? Yes. Certainly in my area, um, people aren't really even talking about it anymore. So speaking of post COVID life, 
two of our agents, Caroline, volunteered. I don't think we asked this question, but they just both volunteered in the course of the conversation that they are seeing a lot of interest in homes with pools right now. Does that fit with what we saw in the survey? That is another thing we heard from agents. Um, essentially, that home means something different now to Americans, and, and there's no going back. And that they've really seen a fundamental shift in home buyer preferences, even post-vaccine. As people resume their travel p- plans and head back to their favorite restaurants, people still aren't ready to give up their home amenities, right? Um, we found that even post-vaccine, when agents are helping buyers look for homes, those buyers want, number one, a home office, number two, a great school district um, if they have family, and number three is outdoor living areas. And the What was interesting is that agents say that outdoor living areas are even more critical for their clients in the Gen X demographic, who are really settling into those years where they want to host gatherings of friends, family, and colleagues at home. In addition, agents predict that pools and patio additions are going to be the number one home improvement trend post-vaccine, driven in large part by the hybrid work week, right, where people are going into the office um, part-time at most. And so they're continuing to spend more time at their own residences. And that might mean, you know, more happy hours spent at home at the pool or on the patio. Or doing some, yeah, doing some work out on the patio if you can, if the weather's nice. We're doing work out there, yeah. Exactly. Let's let's hear what uh, both Tyson Robinson and Lisa Taylor had to say about the demand for pools in their markets. Pool homes and homes with lots of amenities go crazy. You just get just an uncanny amount of offers on properties with pools and stuff here. And I think, of course, that was somewhat influenced by the whole COVID situation and people really wanting to have more of a destination to go home to uh, or just to work from. So a lot of homeowners or home buyers were looking for homes that have everything, The especially the pool, some with outdoor kitchens, but the pool was the most important um, for families here. And, and people who are moving down want, want the pool as well. Um, so that's definitely been something that there's been a huge um, push on, I feel. So the lesson there is if you are a homeowner or you have clients that have pools, uh, you can expect a lot of demand right now. Caroline, uh, we have covered a lot of ground in this conversation. We, we talked about uh, sellers you know, having FOMO. We talked about buyers dealing with new construction struggles talked about the impact of the vaccine. I think we also talked to maybe, you know, the the big takeaway for me is that we're starting to see some small signs of change. Maybe things are are starting to flip in a different direction. Where do things stand overall? I know in the survey, we always ask, uh, you know, our agents optimistic about where things are headed. What did we find out in the survey about that? We still have a majority or 80% of agents saying that they're, they're optimistic about the 2021 housing market. Um, This is down from 84% the previous quarter, um, but for perspective, it's up from 68% one year ago. Um, You know, I don't think anyone can deny that we're reaching, you know, a new level of housing fatigue. Um, Some buyers are frustrated and might be throwing in the towel. The current seller's market to this level of extreme can't be sustained. Um, Listings are hard to come by and and buyers are tired, but, you know, ultimately the desire for homeownership remains strong. Um, And we could be approaching a more balanced state, given the signs we're seeing of prices and bidding wars hitting a ceiling. 
And when we spoke with uh, Tyson, Lisa, and Pat, all three of uh, the agents that we spoke with are optimistic that the strong market will continue. I liked what Pat had to say. Her thought was that as we go forward, instead of getting 12 offers on a home, we'll start to get six. Then we'll start to get four. Then we'll start to get two. And eventually things will slowly get back to normal. That's right. They all spoke to an incremental change rather than you know expecting to see a large, dramatic correction. Maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're just starting to see it way, way off in the distance. Thanks so much to Caroline Feeney and to our three agent contributors, Lisa Taylor, Pat Tasker, and Tyson Robinson. Takeaway segment, that's coming up in just a moment. I also have a one-more-minute segment at the very, very, very end of the show. First, uh, two quick notes to pass along. Number one, I want to give a shout-out to Elmer Morales and Jackie Soto of eHomes. You may recall they were on the walkthrough just about a year ago. We did a great series about converting online leads. The reason I'm mentioning them them now is they're based in the Los Angeles area, but they just, I think it was a week or two ago, announced an expansion into the San Diego market. So I just wanted to say congrats to both of you and best of luck to the entire eHomes crew. Not that you're going to need it, of course. And uh, note number two, there is no episode of The Walkthrough next week. I am taking some PTO for the first time this year. So I'll be back on July 26th with a great, great episode. We're going to talk about how to find new listings when inventory is low. All right, let's do the takeaways segment. This is what uh, to remember from today's episode. Takeaway number one, 98% of you say we are still in a heavy seller's market, but many agents are seeing small signs that the market is changing. Pat, Lisa, and Tyson all said inventory is up slightly in their markets. And in our survey, fewer agents say bidding wars are on the rise and fewer agents say that low interest rates are bringing buyers into the market. Takeaway number two, new construction is starting to help a bit, but the home building process, it sounds like, is very, very slow at the moment. Builders are dealing with uh, their own challenges. Takeaway number three, in our survey, Caroline mentioned that almost half of agents are seeing seller FOMO, the fear of missing out on these high home prices. Another reason sellers are getting more active, the COVID vaccine has them less worried about health issues. One third of agents in our survey said that vaccine availability is impacting their market. So overall, still very much a seller's market, but there are small signs of a shift. All three of our guest agents agreed that it'll be a slow change. All right, if you have questions or feedback for me, you can leave a voicemail or send a text The number is 415-322-3328. You can send an email to walkthrough at homelight.com or find me in our Facebook listener community. Just search Homelight Walkthrough and the group will come right up. That's all for this week. Thanks to Caroline Feeney for joining me. Thanks also to Pat Tasker, Lisa Taylor, and Tyson Robinson as well. And thank you for listening. My name's Matt McGee and you've been listening to The Walkthrough. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. Go out and safely sell some homes. Remember, no show next week. The next walkthrough is July 26th. I'll talk to you then.
Welcome back and welcome to another edition of One More Minute. Jeff Bezos just stepped down last week as Amazon's CEO. There are a lot of reasons to both love and hate the business he built, and we could talk for hours about that. I want to talk now about his regret minimization framework. It's a mouthful. What it is, is a thought process that will help you work through big, difficult decisions. And best of all, it's really simple. The goal of this framework is to minimize the number of regrets that you have about your business or your life or whatever. So here's what you do when you have a big decision to make. Number one, project yourself into the future to the 80-year-old version of you. Number two, as an 80-year-old, you look back on your current decision. Number three, you ask yourself, will I regret choosing A or B or C or whatever number of choices you have? And then number four, you act accordingly. There's a three-minute video on YouTube where Bezos explains how he used this framework to make the jump from his cushy hedge fund job to launch an online bookstore in 1995. I'll link to that in today's show notes. The main quote, he said, I knew that when I was 80, I was not going to regret having tried this. I was not going to regret trying to participate in this thing called the internet that I thought was going to be a really big deal, end quote. So big decision to make, ask what the 80-year-old version of you will regret and act accordingly. That's one more minute. I'm Matt McGee. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 